Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me this week is JD. With me this week. Yes, you've been there last week as well. Yeah. And the week before that? Yep. And you've missed <laughs> a couple, but that's fine. You're here. <laughs> and now for your designated Brazilian intro. Go on, tell me. I don't have anything for this week's intro. You don't have anything for this <laughs> week's intro. I am on this week's intro. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> well, it was a um, it was an eventful weekend in the supercar in the supercars in the um Formula One. Not so eventful in the supercars this weekend. <laughs> Got much from it. Like it was it was a very a, a little weird round for me to be honest. Yeah. I, I liked I do like the Brazilian track. It is a great track. But the championship's done, and it's just, it's on at a really hard time to watch. One thirty in the morning, the race was on. It is. One thirty to yeah. 3. Yep. Now, I got up and I watched it. I can't say I took notes or anything throughout the race, but it's, I'm more looking forward to Abu Dhabi than I was Brazil, and it's weird. Look, we've got to the time of the year where the championship's all wrapped up. A little bit of excitement is if it was still alive, sales, but you know, if the championship was still going, it would be, you know, you'd be all over it. Yeah, um, pretty interesting sort of uh, weekend, really, with what what transpired and qualifying and whatnot. Mm. A few big stories from the weekend, I guess, as well, was a bit of crime happening around the traps. Bit of crime and mm. um, not so nice for Brazil. No, so what was that? I read a tweet or I saw something that okay. Hamilton said a couple of his mechanics got held up at gunpoint. Yeah, so Mercedes had a team bus leaving the circuit, uh, pulled on a service station or something, and they got held up by gunpoint. So did the FIA and a few other teams, but the Mercedes one was apparently the worst one. Um, and then that was Friday after practice. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, I think the Sauber mechanics got... Um, basically chased by a car with people with guns and whatnot and they tried to stop the Sauber vans and they wouldn't. Uh, they they did some damage to the vans but the, everyone got out of it okay and, and um, no no injuries or anything like that. That's Just crazy. Just mentally shaken up for everybody. The fact that this is happening to like, you know, these people, you want people to come to these well, races Massa and was stuff. was pretty devastated on the, the whole fact. He's pretty embarrassed basically that... Um, I mean, I know this is not, you know, it's not everyone, not labeling everyone in Brazil like this. Yeah, this yeah, is, it is a small minority, but it's just a shame that it comes to such a world viewed event that it happens. And, you know, yeah. you expect that these guys are just be able to come do their race. You know, everyone wants them to the, come to the country. You only need to look at how much Brazil embraces Formula One with like, you know, Senna and you know, Brazil well, does him, have but a then pretty be, you big know, you problem get... with, with, obviously, with the Soccer World Cup we've seen as well. Um, the Olympics. Yeah. They're, they're, they do have a big crime problem, big pickpocketing problem, big kidnapping problem. And uh, and then um, they also have, obviously, the arm, arm hold-up problem as well. It is a pretty big problem in Brazil at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bit of sort of finger pointing at the FIA and um I was gonna get to the point where you're like, nah nah, look we've got hotels on the track, you stay in them, you don't leave <laughs> the track. Well Mexico not I'm not trying to um paint Mexico with the same brush here, but Mexico has a a slight problem as well and they had a lot of police. So I don't know if you've seen any videos of the, the team buses or even the cars getting freighted in from um the airport with yeah. the trucks. Hundred percent police, like 
just everywhere. Escorts and everywhere. Escorts, yep, shutting roads down. Like, it is a big deal for Mexico. And there was a bit of a sort of why isn't Brazil doing and the FIA pushing pressure on Brazil to give some more protection to these teams. Like, there's no reason that people should feel unsafe going to F- F1. Like, yeah. it's it's a bit sad that, you know, we're 2017 and we've got people getting um, held up by opportunists that know that they're wealthy teams and whatnot. It's almost like you're just being unmarked fans. No marking well, they from were it. unmarked as well, yeah. They're just silver silver vans. That but it's good to in. see no one got injured and... Yeah, um, everyone's everyone's okay. Yeah, so that's that. Um, someone that might not be okay after this weekend is Cyril from Renault. Yeah, he was getting a... Didn't he get a spray from... Was it Marco? It was Helmet Marco, wasn't it? No, it was um, Franz Toss. Uh, the, oh, the Toro Rosso. Yes. Boss. Yeah. But then he gave him a spray back. There was It was a bit of tit for tat going on over there. I've weekend. only seen the video of him giving um, Cyril oh, a spray. Oh, you're talking about Helmet Marco giving... Sorry, Cyril giving Helmet Marco a spray. I thought it was the other way around. Uh, I've seen one of Cyril oh, okay. yelling at Helmet Marco and pointing his finger lots and whatnot. So it's pretty much Red Bull are just yelling at Renault and Renault are yelling at Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cyril come out basically after Mexico where there were so many Renault failures and blamed Toro Rosso for the problems that happened with the, the MGUH, the turbos. Yep. Um, Franz Toss wasn't going to take it sitting down. No. Basically... Um, Cyril's view was that the the way the car was built, the cooling package and whatnot, was the reason that that they had failures on both the Toro Rossos. And then Franz said, no, shaft failures on a turbo are not because of how we've run our car. No. It's a manufacturing fault and it's unacceptable. And then it started to delve deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, did you hear the one that I read a story? I don't know how much truth it is, but... Toro Rosso might not even run in the last round because they're like, we don't have an engine. Yeah, so um, that was a bit of a rumour going around at the start of the weekend. I don't know. There was a lot of reassurement from um, uh, Prost was on, um, did an interview because obviously he's a, a Renault. Renault ambassador. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, and one of the, the guys, advisor. Um, and he said, there's no way we would not give them a, a an engine. They've got a contract for an engine. We'd just squash that right away. We're going to give them an engine. Oh, that's uh, good. The problem was... they're having is he was the one that first time I've seen it actually alluded to is they've got a manufacturing problem. Where they get their turbos from is they can't get them. And now all the turbos that have been failing are old turbos rebuilt. Ah, oh, is that one of the issues? Yep. So, and that's what he said. No one's talking about this, but... Franz doesn't give a shit about the fact that they've reconstituted turbos. Is the fact that they're giving us substandard yeah, yeah. gear and we can't even get through one meeting with it. Well, they they're taking engine penalties and then and then it's blowing up in the same meeting. Um, when you just go look at Daniel Ricciardo in Mexico, that was a brand new turbo, well, brand new, yeah, rebuilt yeah. Uh, turbo that failed at the first race it did. Well, Brennan Hartley also, his car gave up again this race. Yep, another and that was yep. I assume that would have been new replacement because he, he yeah, broke well, he, down in um, Mexico. Yep, so I'm not sure th- there wasn't too much said about what happened to Brendan's uh, power unit this time, whether it was a the MGUH or whether it was an internal combustion motor or whatnot. We, I don't know what actually happened to his car this meeting, but the last one was definitely the the, the turbo failed. Mm-hmm. 
um, which was, a, I think he was running a brand new turbo on that car for that meeting as well. Yeah. And that's why there's getting such, it's getting to sort of fever point because... You're putting brand new part on there and then the only thing that's failing is the part that you've just replaced. Exactly. Um, yeah. Did, there's a bit of a war going on between Toro Rosso and, and Renault. Um, it's only got to make one more round. And and that's exactly what everyone's view. I think that may be why it's actually come to the the, the full boiling point now, I guess. They probably would have kept the pressure on it before and and kept it all under rugs, but because they don't have to run with a Renault next year, they, they're going obviously to the Honda engine next year. Um, they've been pretty vocal with their disapproval of uh, how bad the engine is. So the one thing that I found quite interesting in all of this is when you look at the constructor standings for 2017, Toro Rosso is on 53 and Renault is on 49. Now, they are very close to leapfrogging them because Toro Rosso keep getting supplied crappy Renault. Yeah, that was one of the things that Franz pointed out, and that's why Cyril got so angry. He said... they're going to go from 6th to 7th. That's millions of dollars in prize money. Yeah, yep. And and um, Cyril was very adamant that he had... That was not not there, what's happening. That, you know, don't point, don't paint yeah, us we're that not, way. We're, we're not, not trying to cheat. We're... We're having problems. It's just coincidence that it's the only the team directly ahead of us in the championship that we're close enough to win. I think that's a bit of, how do you say, I don't think it's deliberate from... I've got my tinfoil hat on. Do you? (laughs) I I think because Red Bull's been having the same failures. Yeah, I know. I don't think they're doing it, but it is very interesting that it's happening so close. I think Cyril needs to grow up with the whole fact that he's angry about them raising it, but... um, It's going to happen. It's all, of course, it's going to happen. It's no different. These failures than any are not me- meant to happen. They, they're paying. If you're a customer and you're buying the engines from them, and at this a is a high, high rate, a very high rate. I was only talking to a mate just before, and he was saying, Oh, I noticed that um, he was looking at Red Bull shirts. And he's like, It's got Aston Martin on already. They're running Aston Martin. I'm like, No, they're not. They're still running Renaults. He's like, I can't see Renault at all on their shirts. I'm like, Oh, no, because the it's engine's even tag. It's tag cure to watch. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, well, they're Red Bull are now purely a customer. They don't have any sponsorship package with Renault. You know, they just buy the cars and rebrand it whatever they want. And so when you're in that stage, when you're spending that much money buying something, going, I'm not even having to represent your brand at all. You expect to get the best or not the best, but you don't expect it to blow up the next race. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's you'd be taking, like, if I bought something and it didn't work and then you'd come and show straight back, you're like, hang on, I, I bought this, like, didn't yeah, even last it, one GP and it's look, broken. It, it is racing and they would probably wear it on the chin if it only happened every now and then, but it's becoming... Not every event. Yeah. Becoming... like Renaults are becoming like the Honda at the start of the year. Yeah. Honda are finishing more events than Renault at the moment. They've only got two cars in them. Yep. So, mm, interesting to see. Maybe Fernando might not be as happy next year as he thinks he is. I'm sure they're going to make some big step forwards. Did you hear the thing that he said is like the lack of power should be worrying Toro Rosso? Yeah. Yeah, I watched that interview. Mm. And then what did he say? I've never raced with less power again. He did a great job on Sunday. Oh, the race was great. He really latched on to that Williams of Massa. And I wanted him to pass it, but then I didn't because I know that like you're worrying about people being held up. Alonso would have got shot. <laughs> There'd have been was, someone in the crowd nice with us. For Massa to do well at. Um. Well, at least he finished this one because it was very sad last year watching him 
walk up the pit lane in the rain, holding the flag, crying. It was just sad. It was. It's a sad, sad situation, that one. It was. But he finished the race. And in he, he come home points. What did he come home? Like sixth, seventh or something? Seventh. Yeah, it would be because I think Daniel come home in sixth. Yeah. We'll go to qualifying. Unless there's anything in practice. I didn't see any practice or mm-hmm. hear much about it. I didn't see any of it. Oh, sorry. I lie. I did stay up until whatever it was, one o'clock in the morning. And you don't stay up till Friday. one o'clock. You go to bed and wake up. <laughs> I'm old. Um, <laughs> uh, to watch the practice too. Yep. Or practice. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, no. It was so early <laughs> in the morning. You watched a practice. Was there anything to take away from it? No. No. <laughs> All right. Cool. Qualifying. In my new favorite stat, yes, Lewis Hamilton has failed to make Q2 every time, every race since becoming a four-time world champion. It is astonishing, isn't it? It's crazy. Absolutely astonishing. Did um, you see it, though? I did. I did. Did you see like crazy. how perfect timing it was to go on board? Yeah. As yeah. soon as like they're like on board and in the wall. Yeah. I was like, was not expecting that. It was quite a heavy um, shunt. Oh, by the way, just to clear the stat up for everyone that didn't realize that has been one race. It's been one race since Lewis Hamilton's four. been a four-time <laughs> world driver champion. Just in case you you just tuned in, you're not you're not. But if it happens it again, <laughs> if it happens again, it, that that tr- that will be true. It will until he doesn't happen. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Stupid stats. Um. Yeah. It was. It, Q one. You know. Very. Well, his very first time lapped. It was his. Yeah, it was on his first flying lap. Yep. Obviously, given that the beans around the corner and it, she it bottomed out a few times. An and odd it, place. Like it was said in the qualifying. It was like he he would have been in that t- corner turner. Turner? Corner? Corner? Yeah. He was in that corner. He wouldn't even been thinking about the rest of that corner. He would have been starting to think about the next one. He was halfway through it. Yeah. And then the back end just sort of slid out. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a weird one. Um, the more they analysed it, it, you could see it sort of got a little bit unloaded and it the car actually started to hop and it was bottoming out on the on the road. And ah, I think that just right. unloaded it. Yep. And once it... I guess once, once you get a end. slight slide... The the air sort of disconnects from the rear wing. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as they get on a bit of an angle, the air stops going over the rear wing at the right angle, and they lose all the downforce, and then you've got no hope. This is something that I was thinking about. They said that because you're like, oh, remember Ricardo in in Melbourne when he qualified and he went that little bit sideways, and they're like, oh, once you do that with his shark fin, oh, not so much shark, yeah, the shark fin spoilers, yeah. Um, you misdirect the air going over, and I swear, in the start of the year, I just thought that we're going to watch cars spin out and crash uncontrollable all season because as soon as you lose a little bit, it's happened like, what, twice? I think it's happened a few times, but not as exactly much as right. I thought at the start I, of the I, year. I had the same thought and didn't say anything about it. Exactly the same. I thought, geez, these things are going to be hard to finish a race if they're like this. If they're yeah. like that, if you just get a little bit out of, you know, out of line, and then... I guess we're... Comparing, you know, apples and pears. You know, well, unrefined, unrefined car at the start of the year versus super refined car now. Mm. These cars now are, I, I wouldn't say well, they're perfect. not getting any better. Yeah, no one's going to put like, oh, I've got a new wing. I'm going to put on for Abu Dhabi. Well, it's quite interesting actually. Now you say that, um, Horner and Who's all that doing? were, well, Horner and all that were saying they're still heavily developing this year's car, and so was Mercedes and Ferrari. For? 
they said all because the re- the rule change is very minor. They Every said part all on the, the part, car can yeah. pretty much apply to next year's car. Yep. So they said any technology we develop this year immediately just transfers to next year's car. So that they're, they're trying, they're probably being more bold now, I guess, and probably trying some things that maybe they're not sure would work, but to see how they work in dirty air and all these mm-hmm. other sorts of things that they're hard to hard to put in a wind tunnel. Um, yeah, they they're, they're still putting new parts in the cars. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's saying. I was actually, I read a couple of comments on Reddit after Hamilton put it into the wall on qualifying. And they're like, well, I did read somewhere that, you know, Mercedes are going to try some new parts and stuff like that. And someone's like, maybe they're trying, they're testing their reinforced side pods or something <laughs> like that. I was like, ah, maybe. And someone's like, maybe they should just improve their car in, you know, dirty air because they are, they are the worst. They're the yeah. worst. Yeah. Well, um, that's a bit harsh. They're the worst of the top three teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't say the Mercedes are the worst. They've won the drivers and constructors championship. It's four actually years something I thought about is McLaren must develop a good car for being in dirty air because how often do we see Fernando Alonso move through the grid? Yeah, and be up someone's ass for a long time and not have enough power to get past them, but he'll still hang there for ten, fifteen laps. And not destroy his tires, and the car will still handle well. I'm still really. I'm the more that Alonso brings this McLaren fr- uh, further up the grid and makes it look somewhat competitive, the more I'm like, how good is Alonso? Oh. <laughs> like, because I'm, I'm really just judging off like Stoffel Van Dorm didn't DNF lap two or something. Like he was pretty early on. Yeah, Stoffel was pretty unlucky. It was lap one. Corner two. It was yeah. When he was the one that got, together. got um ended up spinning Daniel Ricciardo. He got pinched between, uh, I think it was Grosjean. Yeah, Grosjean. No, Grosjean was further up. Grosjean was with um. Must have been Magnuson. Magnuson. But yeah, he got squished between a Mag uh a Magnuson, and then there was obviously Stoffel, Stoffel, and and Daniel was doing his best to sort of stay out of the way. He was actually right out over the curb. Yeah. Well, originally they thought. I mean, should we jump straight into the race? Yeah. Why not? Okay, so qualifying? No. Well, we'll we'll just give you a quick rundown anyway, so we cap it off. Obviously, uh, Lewis spinning out in Q1 and putting it in the wall, doing quite substantial damage. They ended up replacing his engine gearbox with the whole kit and caboodle, which is good for him for the next round because there's only one round left. So he's now got this great engine package. Oh, you know he's got that thing wound up. He's like, I don't have to Full boost, full beans for this one. He's going to be quick in Abu Dhabi. But yeah, he, he he had a shocking qualifying and did a, a great race. But we'll we'll head over to qualifying. All right, we'll just quickly round out the top ten. Valtteri Bottas actually did a great lab to outdo Sebastian Vettel because Sebastian Vettel had it on the provisional pole. Oh yeah, I actually didn't think he was going to get um, Seb on the on the um, final lap there, but he managed to do a slightly faster lap. wasn't much in it by the end. It was pretty close qualifying. Um, but yeah, and and put it on pole again, and he was pretty happy about that. Mm. He wasn't. He didn't impress me so much on the Sunday, but we'll get into that. Yep. Um, Kimmy, nice and consistent third. He's really picked up his game the second half of the season. Yeah, he's uh, must be pretty happy in the car again. He's doing really well. Um, Max Verstappen out qualified Daniel Ricciardo. Ricciardo took grid place penalties, um, so he started down in fourteenth, I think it was. Yeah, 14th, yeah, it was. Uh, for, yeah, pretty yeah. sure it was fourteenth. Yeah. Sergio Perez out qualified. Esteban Ocon by a substantial amount this time. Um, Ocon didn't make. He was the first, always oh, the last cutout in Q two. 
Yeah, yep. Um, so that sort of separated them on the grid for a little bit. And Alonso pulled that McLaren into the top 10, qualifying 7th, um, followed by the two Renaults of Hulkenberg, Carlos Saints, and Felipe Massa made it into Q3 and qualified 10th for his final home race. Yeah, it was a pretty proud moment, I think, for himself to be uh, in Q3 at his final And, final like, genuine pace. Like, he was off the pace a little bit, but he still showed good pace in that car. Well, he had some stellar laps i think it was q1 or q2 he actually went third fastest i think in in q1 or q2 so it was it was pretty pretty good impressive run for him he was fast he did a faster time in q2 but almost everyone did except for those to come on top but yeah either way he's still very very good now the race it was an interesting start wasn't it yeah who do you think like Bottas, Bottas actually got off the line fairly well. Yeah, there, there was actually, yeah, now you bring that up. The commentary was a bit weird at the start because they were like, oh, Seb's definitely got a really good launch. He's he's powering off here. But you watch, when I'm watching it, I'm like, mm, it looks like they're pretty equal. They're pretty it's just, equal. It's just Seb's got the inside line. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Seb had to get a little bit, he got a slightly better run down to turn one, but not massively. He just commanded the race line and took it away from from Bottas in turn one. Mm. It was pretty, I would say, boring up the front there. It wasn't until we got back in that sort of 12th range when it all hit the fan. When everything started to go. And then I saw a Red Bull facing the wrong way and I was like, not again. I can't do this. I actually <laughs> woke up and seen the start of the race. I, I couldn't do three races in a row. It just would kill me. But then Ricardo kept going. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, so um, Daniel got caught up in that incident we were talking about with this little bit of a sandwich, sort of three just cars a light in the two tap car spot. on the rear wheel. Yep, spun him, him out, and it broke Stoffel's steering, so Stoffel had to stop, and Magnussen had a a decent what did he damage. Have? What did he yeah. have? Yeah, he. I didn't see it because then straight he, away no, after that he just pulled off in the end. I think it must have bent the steering or something happened. Mm. Um. Then there was another incident further, further around. Down. Like, literally just before they called safety car, or they had called safety car, and then my mate, <laughs> Your mate Esteban eh? Ocon, I know. who was going for a, continuing his record. 27 and 0. Yeah, it was 27 <laughs> and 1. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, passing he, the, what, Grosjean around the outside? Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon outside was a good move? Obviously not, but... I I've actually watched I didn't realise and I don't think anyone called it at the time, but Grosjean I'd watched an interview well not interview, his Facebook live thing that he mm-hmm. did after the meeting doing recap and um he said he had a puncher before he went up the inside there. And that's why he was apologizing basically. Um because that's why he shot up the in- when he went up the inside, he just couldn't hold the car down at the apex. Yeah, because it looked really weird. Yeah, because he sort of turned in, and then it sort of looked like he was just—he just slid straight. Like I can see you're trying to turn, but you're not moving that direction, and it just—well, I think that Arsen disconnected, and he basically was—he was like seesawing it, basically trying to gather it, but he just moved sideways straight into poor Stoffel and uh, not Stoffel into Esteban. Esteban. And that was the end, really, for Esteban. The punctured two tires. He tried to limp it back to the pits, but. Unfortunately, in one of these cars, the plank's very close to the ground. You got oh yeah, front and I swear and rear it was tire. it was just like you're seesawing on pot, and you're like, yeah, mate, you're not 
You're yeah. not getting anywhere. You've got to get up a big hill. This is something that um, I noticed a lot more watching Hamilton's crash, right? Where he goes into the barrier and he's got that big concrete wall up there. I, that was the first time I actually got any idea of the elevation change. I know this circuit has a big elevation change, but yeah. seeing where he hit, and then when you they panned up the big wall, and then you can see the top bit of the track up there, you're like, oh, that's actually a good chunk of elevation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just something you don't track. see all the time. Yeah, I guess it's on it's camera. hard on camera and TV. We, you don't to really appreciate the Bathurst elevation. Is one of those, and oh yeah, even Austin. Like you look at Austin's track Turn one. Yeah, and and when they get that camera angle right, and you look up towards it's like Turn driving one, up a mountain. You're like, it's just vertical. <laughs> it's straight up. Yeah, and then it's like unsighted Turn one, and then you go back down the hill. Um. But yeah, that was unfortunate. Ocon, uh, you know, not being able to uh, finish the race, which is a shame. Race. But uh, that was the end of took the a little bit of pressure off Sergio. <laughs> the end of the the pretty crazy first lap. We had a safety car after that, and which allowed Daniel Ricciardo. Um, he pitted. He pitted. Under safety car. So uh, should everyone had to travel through pit lane under the safety car yes. because there was damage. There was carbon fiber at turn two that. And, uh, and with the pit lane, you come out, when you go through pit lane, you come out at like turn four. Yeah. So they took everyone through pit lane. Daniel did a pretty much a free pit stop to get his pit stop out of the way. So did, um, Hamilton. And I think there was one other car might've been one of the Saubers or something like that. Did, did, not Hamilton, did Ricardo change onto softs again when he pitted? I don't know. I think he did. So he just jumped off. His old softs and put on a brand new set of softs. Yeah, I'm not sure why they were only a lap old, but yeah, it would have done like what three laps on them: one flying, qualifying, cool down. Well, he wouldn't have even done qualifying on them. Yeah, he did. He still would have done. He still would have had to qualify. But he would because he got the penalty. I don't think you have to start on the same tires that you had to. Oh yeah, you no, might he have did. to. Yeah, yeah, because he made it into Q3, so he still has yep. to start on those tires. Because that's why he was one of the only ones that did run on the softs. Yeah, well, it's probably that's probably what the advantage was. Um, I guess in in pitting so soon because he would have done warm up, qualifying lap, you know. Yeah, yeah. Then in lap, then another warm up lap, a race lap, and then and then pit pit. So yeah. He, I mean, you've done five laps on those tires. They're cactus. Get yeah. new tires. Yeah. But and, and only two flyers. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton was beneficial, the most out of all of that. Like he benefited. No one got a bigger gain than him. That brought him back into contention. And then it was just a race of really watching Hamilton and Ricardo work their way through the field. It really was, wasn't it? It was pretty exciting was watching great. them. Ricardo doing Ricardo his doing crazy his moves still from so far back. Even like, um, not Crofty, Brundle, in yeah. the commentary was going, "You know, you're starting to get known for this." I'm like, "Well, if you are known for taking big dives, no one's blocking him." Yeah, yeah, he very rarely gets run out of road. It but he doesn't also run anyone else out of road. He will give people space. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens next year. If Renault step up with the power, mm -hmm. it's probably going to help him a fair bit. At the moment, he's making these crazy moves from you know the yonder region of. Well, he's <laughs> one of the. How do you explain? It? He's one of the late breakers, like the late late breakers. Yeah, uh, that interview they did with Horner. Horner, yeah, and he said he's the last of the late breakers. Yeah, that's that's the one. Um, 
Which is true. You watch some of the moves he does, and you're like, "How did he find? How did he hook the car up enough to slow it down to make the?" Yeah, aims? yeah. It's almost so much so that I would love to go to Monza, get like a seat near Turn One if there is anything, yeah, there, and just you know, watch Ricardo and hope he has dive an bomb people. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you do not qualify <laughs> early. I want you at the back. I want you to see you dive bomb a heap of people. <laughs> yeah, because you know he's good for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every year he does it. I'm trying to look at what I think. It's very. I did fall asleep a little bit during the middle of the race. <laughs> but I just remember seeing all the, like, when I fell asleep and woke up, nothing had changed. Yeah, I think majority of what was going on was... A lot of stuff happened early. Yeah. And then I, I got to see the end, which was great. <laughs> um, there was a really good battle. It was a shame they didn't show much more of it on TV. The Massa, Alonso, and Perez one? Yeah, they were so close. That was so fantastic. I... Because, like, at, towards the end of the race, Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, Vettel crosses the line, Bottas follows not too far behind him, and then they cut back to the Massa and Alonso battle, and that was just epic. It was. It was a really good battle to watch. Um, and Carlos joined the, the uh, Carlos, but he, Sergio, Sergio joined yep. the, 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 the pack. Battle, the pack yeah, at the, the end. Yeah, and that was really, really good racing, watching between those two. Alonso did a great job of using DRS to stay, keep his lap times in contention. Obviously, we were talking about before, but their um, their car's very good in dirty air because he just somehow managed to stay there forever behind. He never complains. They don't complain about the heat, or they're not yeah. going overheating. Um, he just seems to stay there. He yep. makes his car as wide as possible. He's the only criticism I have for this race was. Maybe they could have gone a little bit more aggressive aggressive on strategy. And I think they probably could have beaten Massa. Um, yeah. But it was kind of nice that Massa got to to finish ahead of Alonso in the last race. And I know they've, they've raced with each other for a long time and that would have been nice. Well, you've only got the famous uh, Alonso is faster than you. And I think they did say on the commentary this week, no, no, Massa used faster than Alonso this time. Yeah. And it was nice. So, um Good for him. You see little uh, little Massa on the radio? Yeah, yeah. To his old man. He's like, I'll be with you for wherever you go next. Yeah. Uh, uh. I'll that always was nice. support you. Yeah. yeah. I think there was a lot of wet uh, wet eyes around, around the place. For me, this one didn't feel as dramatic as last year. Last year, I, I felt it really touched me. This year, it was not as... I was prepared for it this yeah. year. I'd been through it once. He, you know, you cut me once. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once, shame <laughs> on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that, yeah, it, it's going to be a shame to see him gone. It'd be interesting. Have there any talk of who's replacing him? It's still kind of all up in the air, isn't it? Mm. Really, I I did watch some of the I watched the what did what are they called F one show and that yeah yeah so Friday um recaps and whatnot and I don't know it's kind of looking like De Resta. really Paul hmm. De Resta? that's crazy because I I feel like someone else could swoop in at any time and take it but ah oh, yeah because easy easy. Kibitza is still a definite, um, definite possibility. Maybe. Yep. Um, and so is obviously Paul, the resta. But it will be interesting to see who actually fills that seat. There has been some rumours of Danny Kvyat, and it could explain why Red Bull was so quickly to 
actually cancel his contract. Oh, they, 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 they were like, boom, he can do anything he wants like a minute after he left, pretty yep. much. They they didn't drag it out. So he had a Red Bull contract continuing for next year and they actually cancelled the contract, which was a bit weird for me. Normally, Red Bull likes to own everything and everyone, but they didn't. So that, that was odd. Yeah. I'm not surprised. If they've got no intention of using him again... Oh, I think contract. it's nice. I think it's, it's like nice. he's got to be able to get on with his life. He can't be like, I've got this other contract over the head, you know. Yeah, dragging over his career. Could end it, basically. And a quick thing that I've sort of just remembered about. Did you see um, Ted Kravitz uh, on Sky F1 showing a photo of the young Brendan Hartley? No. And then he got a text from a mate. So I'll link this in the show notes. But MSY Mob text Ted. While this was live on the TV, a message just says cock. And it's shown up while they're trying to show a young photo of <laughs> Brennan Hartley. If I can find the video. <laughs> oh, that is the best. Um, I don't know if the video is here. Oh, that is legendary. There's a video of it. And if I can find it in the show notes, we'll see if this is the one. No. Anyway, there's a video of it. That and was an awkward video, that one. but Oh, this is the one with the... um. The the dude that's the ballet F one. He got big old nipples, that bloke. I'll link that. And then and Martin's like, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nah, he was like, whatever. But yeah, there's a video of him showing the his phone. He's got it to the camera. He's like, Oh, here it is. And then the message comes up, cock, and he's like, pulls it away real quick. And he's just like, and we just ignore that and go because one thing, you know, I've got this big high resolution photo of it. But when it was on live TV, it was so quick. If you only saw the footage, you didn't know he got a message that says cock. <laughs> but I mean, who is, is this great. MSY mob? Like, why is he messaging um, Ted cock? Yeah, who is MSY? I, I have no idea. That's pretty funny. Have you seen? I'm um, just a uh, quick thing. <laughs> this is a stupid photo, but they all got into drinking straight away on the podium. I know. It was. I did notice that. It's because it's a finish thing. Right? I know. So Kimmy and Valtteri, every time they're on the podium, first thing they do is take a good old swig of the booze. Yeah, they, the won't, they won't ruin it. They won't shake it up drink before it, drinking. Drink it first and then spray it around. Well, it really looks like that Sebastian Vettel has... Um, he's adopted ju- it. He's adopted it. He's like, whatever, you know. And so they were drinking, but this photo is them photoshopped and they've all got trumpets. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Anyway... In other news, unless there's much more on the race, we sort of touched on all of that. No, I think that that, that was the majority of the exciting stuff from the race, yeah. Uh, Pirelli is looking at introducing a new tyre compound for 2018. Pink bits. Pink bits. Pink tyre. Um, now We were discussing this, actually. This is an interesting one. I want to hear everyone's view on this. What would you name the pink tyre, which is going to be the softest compound available? So keep in mind, we already have a soft, soft and ultra soft. We got soft, super soft, ultra soft. Yep. Now, they, the, what they've put forward for this is mega, mega soft, soft, extreme soft, and hyper soft. What do you reckon's the the more appropriate for the softest compound for our Formula One season next year? I would go extreme soft. Yeah, I'm with extreme soft. I think mega soft sounds like 
Megasoft sounds like a Transformer, but a really <laughs> crap one. <laughs> um, and I think we should save Hypersoft to when they release the next soft tire next year. <laughs> I, I don't mind the Hypersoft, but I think we can still go Extreme Soft before we go to the Hypersoft. Hypersoft needs to be like Q3 tire only, I think. If Hypersoft you something... sounds very much like Microsoft, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hypersoft just sounds, it sounds like it's that soft that, uh, like, Outlap very very slow because yeah, it yeah. might not make it in. <laughs> you only get one outlap on these tires, and then you got to come in. Like, mm. <laughs> so, but yeah. what's the point? What are we doing? Making softer and softer compound tires. Like, are we going to get to the point where we're just making more softer and softer tires? Because no one's like going. You know what? We want a better hard tire. It's true. Um, I think should we scrap this and that just become the soft and we go all the way up and then we get <laughs> ultra hard, mega hard, extreme hard, hyper hard. I think it's something that brings more strategy in. Obviously, there's more pace. We've got a variance in tire, like we're doing at the moment with three different tires at a, each race meeting. Um, I think it just it adds a little bit of depth to the strategy and stuff like that. I think it's good. Hmm. Yeah, no, I do. I do like the fact that you give us new tires because um, supercars are looking at new tires for next year as well. Unfortunately for supercars, they're going back to the 2016 or a modified 2016 tire. Um, going back to the soft and hard compound. No more soft and super soft. But you know what? Just do what Pirelli do and just call them the soft and super soft, even though they're hard and soft. Yeah. No one knows. Exactly. And then we just call them like the prime tires and, you know. Prime and yeah. Prime and the other tires you want to get off option. straight away. Yeah. <laughs> it's only an option. <laughs> just the option. We have to take it. We'll just use it. Give me the primes. I mean, there's not really too much into this. Supercars uh, is kind of a bit different, I guess, because we don't only run one compound per meeting. I think we should mix them up. Do that a bit would of a, be cool. Do a bit of Formula One. See, that would blow... Those stupid short races open with a mandatory pit stop where you had to run two different compounds. Yeah. But don't do it as like, oh, you have to qualify on this, like whatever tire no, you qualify on. Just, just choose it. There's, you know, there's four then what do you do? and four do sets you put, of those. Do you put your soft tires on at the start and try and work your way through the field and then defend on the hards? Or do you want to go on the hards and then really push home on your softs? Yep. And don't give them enough softs. No, Make no. Hard. Yeah, you want... You get three sets of three tires. Not three sets. But <laughs> so three only three tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Who was the one that did that? Like, I think it was a BJR team or something did it. They only ran three tires once and they changed the rules. Because technically, they didn't break the rules. You just had to run both compounds. There was no specifier. You had to run four of the same compound at once. Yeah, it's happened in Formula One, too. I can't remember who did it. It was only recently, too, wasn't it? Like yeah, a couple, couple of years, years ago. ago, yeah. Someone accidentally put the wrong compound on one of the wheels. Williams. Yeah. Williams like had it. Medium they had a yellow and white striped tires at the same time. Yeah. I remember that. Um, also, in other news, the cams have changed super their super license, license uh, requirements. Now, if you finish in the top six of the super twos, I think you pretty much automatically qualify for a super license, which is good because you're getting a lot of drivers that, you know, winning the championship don't have full-time drives and you're getting guys that are in the top group that are getting full-time drives and, you know, you don't want the whole Alex Rulo debacle again. I really hope yeah. that we don't do this. Oh, we're giving you a provisional um, super yeah. license on that. It's stupid. We've got these rules. Let's stick to it. 
Um, other than that, Newcastle's taking shape. Have you seen some photos from that? Yeah, it's looking pretty good, isn't it? I didn't realise there's a big elevation change. I've only seen that Newcastle on Google Maps and it looks flat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I'm looking from above. But it should be really good. It is going to have some interesting things. I actually watched the interview with Wink Up the other day and mm-hmm. that was really yeah, good. Yeah, he's saying a lot of drivers are going to get caught out. Yeah, he said it's going to be a driver's track, basically, is what I got from the interview, that it's going to be not an easy track to drive. So fatigue, 250k races, any moment that you're not concentrating on old tyres or whatnot, you're going to have some dramas. So it, it is looking good. Um, I'm Yeah, I'm getting excited. All right, so we have, what's up next? Nine days. Oh, they're both on exactly the same time. So we've got one weekend wow. and then the next race. No, nah, it's Super uh, Speed Cafe only do the, day. the start of the day. Yeah. It's not like the websites where they do the actual time of the session. Yeah, yep, yep. So that's why it's exactly the same. Who's your pick for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Um, I'm going to go with Hamilton with the, the new power. New engine is going to be cranked yeah. to the, yeah. he's going to turn that thing to 11. Quali- quality mode or race. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much where I'm at. And, um, have you changed your thoughts on Newcastle? Or are you still, th- mm. who, you, who are you thinking now? I'm thinking Wing Cup still. Yeah. Something that I messaged you after last, um, race, after last race. After our last episode, literally, you just left, and it was only probably half an hour later, and I'm texting you going, oh, God damn it, I just worked out. There's going to be... Now, I'm I'm not wearing my Red Bull shirt today, but he's I'm not. still... Um, well, he's wearing a shoey shirt. <laughs> shoey shirt. It looks like a Red it Bull. It looks colors. like Red Bull, but it's more <laughs> Ricardo than, than Wind Cup. Um, Scotty's got his work made out for him, like, this week, uh, next weekend, because Jamie... Doesn't need to win a race. Jamie needs to finish behind Scotty. Yeah, Jamie can finish as, as long, long as, as he's Scotty position behind. Finish. Yeah, if um, if Scotty wins both races and Jamie comes second, I think Jamie still wins by like ten points or twenty points or something. He can't close the gap. It's going to be it's very. We're going to need. Well, where we, it's where Scotty needs Fabs to pull his finger out. And really, you need to start taking points off him. And that's what Chain and Lowndes has to do to Scotty and that. Yeah. Um, so I think Shane's done a better job of that this year than Fabs has. Although Fabs is, was higher in the championship. Fabs had a great run at the start of the year. You've got to remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then, But once he got into the, the run of it, he's had a shocker. Oh, yeah. The pace has not been there compared to Scotty. Um, the car development must have gone away from him. Also, he's probably been slightly distracted, nothing against him, but having a baby and whatnot, his life's changed a fair bit. Um, Didn't he have twins? I thought it was only one. Just one? I could be, Someone I could had be twins. wrong. Sorry. Sorry, no, I could be wrong cares? with that. Um, um, not who yeah. cares, but you know. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that will be what Scotty needs now. Mm. He really does need his teammate to come and box for him. Um, and maybe we could be looking at a new V8 Supercar champ or Virtual or, Australia. Or we champion. could just be looking at Wing Cup. Or we could be looking at <laughs> one guy that's got more than everyone <laughs> and hey, doing a great hey, job. Don't I this... can't take anything away from him. I've always been a, a big defender. Don't get me. I'm not a Wing Cup, big Wing Cup fan or anything like that, but a big defender of how well he's done for this sport 
And I think it's going to take many years and we probably won't realize how good he is until he's I've no longer in the sport. He is a dead set legend. He's done a great job. He's always managed to pull out positions when the car's not there for him. And hence, once again, start this year was That's not the that reason great why for him. we were joking all season long. Guy, guy, he's going to come second. Yep. He can come second and win the championship. And he comes second for, what, eight races and eight Sundays in a row? I really something? should, like, get off my ass one day and tally it all up. So when we do this, we have our stats right. But yeah, a lot of seconds. It was it was a crazy run of him just making that card. It's one of those things, through. like we said, you know, when he doesn't win, he comes second. Yeah, and, and he's probably one of the best in the field for doing it. So good on him. Um, good luck to Scotty and him, and not this weekend, but next weekend. Um, really looking forward to seeing where that battle goes. Also, big shout out and good luck to Todd. Yeah, yeah, because um, um, they'll be going for the Super championship two. too. Yeah, so they they have a. Big job ahead of them. I still don't know whether Paul Dunbrell's turning up or not. So, for yeah. everyone out there, Paul Dunbrell's wife is actually due with the baby. We talked about this last week. Because we found out that you would rather go racing than be there for this the birth of correct. a child. Um, so, it will be interesting to see whether uh, he turns up or not. And good luck uh, to Todd, obviously. Good luck to Bryce, too. And Bryce, yeah. Hopefully, Bryce. But they're actually doing a testing day today. So, oh, so it's winner bottom. Oh, yeah, I heard something about um, Winterbottom doing a test. I didn't realize so Bryce was doing a test yeah, as well. So taking the said, Nissan down? Yeah, he took the Nissan down and said uh, they're pretty happy with what they learned today. So, fingers crossed, they can head to Newcastle and, and put a, strong, a bit of a gap. showing. Like the last race they did was at Bathurst. Bathurst, yeah. Bathurst was his last race in, mm. a, in a supercar. So, he's done a couple of go-kart meetings in between and oh, yeah. done pretty well at, mind you. I think he won both of them. <laughs> um, Doesn't surprise me, really. No, me neither. <laughs> Actually, put him in a put him in a go kart. He's now, really good. Now a big shout out go kart wise. Yeah, yep. So we had the Australian squad away representing Australia against the rest of the world in Rotax Max yep. in all the classes from juniors all the way up to GD two the gearbox carts, and Australia come away as team champion. Ah. Oh. There yep, you go. We won. The, we beat the world, everybody. We beat the world. So and well we did done in, to everyone. Uh, I think the, one of the junior categories, we won the world title as well. Oh, So oh, we did really well. We got on the podium quite a few categories, but um, we, Overall, we, are team, we are the best. Australia is the best team. Damn right. So I've been saying was, that for years. It was, <laughs> it was, that was pretty cool. That was um, that was a big, big thing. So lots of countries there, and they did a great effort and, and drove really well. No, that, that's um, really good. Well... We don't have too much more to add for this this week. Oh, we've got the live show coming up. We'll we do have the live show more. coming up. Uh, probably looking first week in December. This first week December. Like I said, next episode is going to be probably a day later. Yeah. We're going to have to record on the Wednesday and I'll still release it on the Thursday. Oh, no. Record. <sighs> yeah. We'll, we'll work it we'll, out. We'll, when it when it's out, you'll when see When it's it. out. <laughs> it, will be, it might be a day or so later, but it's still coming. Um. I will be coming back from Newcastle. Just let everyone know. I'm just just rubbing it in. Just rub it in, mate. Just rub it in. Ah. Oh, I did get my Honda McLaren teddy bear. He did. I picked it up today. He did. They That's were nice. like the Honda guys at the Honda shop. I mean, good good guys. They, we did. I felt like we got a pretty good deal on our car. Yep. Um, God, they were quick to be like, yeah, we're gonna, Honda's going to be Red Bull next year. I'm like, no, it's not. All right. yeah. You guys need to stop this Toro Rosso being Red Bull. Yeah, very it's different. not Red Bull. 
But and anyway, they they shut up, and turns out no one at the Honda dealership knew that McLaren did a really good job on the weekend. I walk in there Monday to go to sign the papers and stuff, and they're there like I'm like, hey, my, oh, you see, you know, McLaren top ten finished really good. And he's like, yeah, mate, good Honda motor. Honda motor. Well, hang on, one of you guys didn't even finish, but you know, that, that was, wasn't the that was a steering fault. steering fault. A steering fault, but yeah, well, not um, really. That was broken fault. <laughs> But yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I just, I was really stoked to see Alonso just that competitive towards the end. Yeah, look, the end of this year, and I was, I the was tables are starting to turn with reliability, aren't they? Yeah, it really has. Um, anyway, that is us done and dusted. Like I said, we got the live show probably first week of the December. We will post all the information when we get it. We're still waiting to hear back from people. Yeah, I got nothing else to add. Uh, hit up our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash breaking late. Email us at uh, breakinglate.com. No, we're not. That's our website, breakinglate.com. You can email us at breakinglate at gmail.com. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for the support. Yeah, throughout the season, it's been great. Sorry about my microphone last week. Oh, yeah. JD has to issue an apology. Oh, that's um, all you get. <laughs> Sorry about that. God, I was not happy when I found that out. But he didn't touch it this week, so it looks good. All right. Cool. Bye now. See ya. Bye.